0: Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. All right, so usually what we do in September is Missions Month. We're always called September Missions Month. Well, we're going to be doing a little bit different. Oh, and before I forget, for those of you that have a, a forgotten harvest uh, desire to help out. We are canceled tomorrow because of the holiday. We will meet again on the twentieth of September, so you can sign up for that. But I want to talk about missions just real quick because we are doing missions locally and globally. We have different missions that we support and we we contribute to financially. You contribute to financially, and if I may say, in this last year, the the, the amount that you have all contributed has been just outstanding. We've completed the last year. Remember, we're on a fiscal year, and so it's a little bit different than a calendar year. Although we do run our... Can I confuse you a little bit? Our church runs on a fiscal year. Our missions actually runs on a calendar year. But we um, support all of our missions from January to December. But we start making plans now for what we're going to do And as we finished out our budget year, which was a fiscal year, right? You guys did great. The amount of funds that came in to support, we've been able to cover all of our missions requests that we guaranteed them we would give them. And get this, we've been able to give them all an additional bonus because of what you have been able to do. That will be made aware for those that are missionaries that are here today keep your ears, well, no, you know now, but we're gonna be able to give a little bit more to all of our missions, and we're so grateful to do that. And I just wanna say thank you all for all that you do and all that you contribute, that's phenomenal. And uh, here's what we're gonna do a little bit different than we've done, because Wednesdays have been, we're coming back on the 15th, but we're gonna be doing things a little bit different. We're not having all the food and all that because we weren't totally sure how it would go over. Um, And we're trying to be responsible in that area. But we're going to be focusing quarterly on our mission. So throughout the year, you're going to be hearing. And we're going to be having some guest speakers come in. Next Sunday, we're going to have reconciliation ministries. Dan Hitz is going to come in. And he's going to be bringing a message to this church. And I'm going to say, bring a guest. Bring somebody that you know. Because I'm sure he's going to do an outstanding job. And then the following week, Pastor Pat is going to be sharing the pulpit with Sue Nellis from Compassion Pregnancy. These have been things that have been going on on Wednesday nights, and we're just like, you know what? We want it to hit the entire church. And everybody needs to hear what they're doing, and they're doing such great work. So get excited about that. Next week, we'll have a guest speaker, and then the following week, so the 12th and the 19th. And I hope that you'll get excited about it, let people know, and we'll be doing our best to continue to get the message out. So, all the, all the housekeeping's done. Let's get to the message. I've got just a few minutes left. <laughs> I was standing over there with my wife as service started and I was sweating like a madman. The back of my hair was wet. What, what's going on here? And now my hands are so cold. <laughs> so weird. The body can be very really weird. Let's pray. Father, Right now, I come before you, and I thank you for this opportunity to be here, to be able to be a part of what's going on here this morning, Lord God, and I'm just going to ask that, Father, you continue to move, do a work in this place that, Lord, only you can do through your spirit, that no man could stand up here and say things or, or, you know, thank you for what I believe you've put on my heart to share, but, Lord, I'm asking that your spirit do the work this morning in each and every individual life that's in this place right now. In Jesus' name, I pray and I ask it, Lord God. Have your way. Lord, incline our ear to hear what your spirit is saying to the church today. Amen. Matthew 5, if you have a device, if you have a Bible, if you have or whatever you may use to get the word of God deep into your heart, Get it ready. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 13 through 16. Matthew 5. I don't hear any pages turning. Oh, there. I just heard one. There we go. Thank you. (laughs) We all have devices now. So anyhow, get the word in your heart. Amen. All right, Matthew 5, and I'm reading out of the NIV today, uh, at least this verse uh, or verses, Chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father that's in heaven. The last month, Pastor Pat, and I and, will and we'll say the ministry here we've been discussing, and you've seen the, the title Life Apps. Well, it's my hope that we'll continue without the, the sign maybe being up there or the, the screen being up there that every message that comes from this pulpit, I trust. Can become an applicable message to our lives. Let's open ourselves up and say, Lord, whatever it is, whatever it is from start to finish, Lord, speak something to me because, Lord, I need to make this applicable today and tomorrow and the next day. So, what you just heard from Matthew 5 13 through 16 is, of course, part of the sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' great, great message called the Sermon on the Mount. They, some will say the greatest message ever preached, and I'm not going to argue with that. But Jesus starts this by saying that there were people gathering around, but he took his disciples and he started to teach them. These are the people that he had already been out. He had been calling, and now they began to set everything aside and follow their rabbi this rabbi Jesus, and this teacher that he was, and they began to follow him. And now Jesus says, all right, I've got something that is important, and you're gonna hear it right now. So then he begins, and he starts with the beatitude. Blessed are, right? And we begin to learn all these things that, that if you will do this type of thing, this is the result that you can expect from it. And then the rest of the sermon beyond these two verses Speaks a lot to what we read about morality and, and how to live godly, how to live a godly life in the culture that they, that they were in, that we are in. See, today's verses, though, I find to be very different than the rest of the sermon, all of chapters five, six, and seven. These two verses are very different. And that Jesus said, you are salt. You are light. And all the other things he was saying, blessed are you, you know, and, and then he would carry it on or then he would get into the other things. And if you start reading chapter six and seven, there's, there's just a lot of great things to live by. But it's these verses that I've found very interesting and especially as we are really still in the area of kicking off in our missions and we want everybody to know what our missions are all about. And again, you're gonna continue to hear to hear about each and every one of them. But I think we got to get ourselves ready to understand that they may be doing the mission work, meaning the ministries that we support, right? And, and I love what they do. These, these ministries that we support are groups that are doing ministry that we here in the local church aren't going to be able to do Entirely the way that they can do it. That's why we want to support them. That's why we send helpers to go out and help them whenever we can. But we all have to be in this mindset of, I'm a missionary. I'm on a mission to carry the name of Jesus Christ everywhere that I go. I am to be salt and light. So, before I go any further, I think we have to do something really important here today. You are applies to those that are made, have made Jesus Christ their Savior. They, you have decided this is who I'm going to follow. So today, and maybe you've been in here, you've come to this church a long time, but maybe you've never fully made that commitment to Jesus Christ saying, I am making you my Lord and Savior. This is something that's usually held to the end of the service. We're doing it now. It's important because I really feel that what I have to say today isn't just for the general population. It's not. It's just like Jesus was saying, disciples, sit down here. I have something to teach you. You are the salt of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light to this world. So I think what we have to do is we have to say, have I truly made Jesus Christ Lord of my life. And I want you to start thinking about that. And I want you to start looking inside. And maybe you came here today and it's like, you know what? There's got to be so much more to this than what I'm allowing to have happen. Lord, I want a deeper walk with you. Maybe, that's, you've, maybe you have made a commitment, but you've been a little bit sliding off. You know, hey, COVID hasn't just done one thing and maybe restricting us, but it's also got some of us, I think, kind of lazy in our behavior. It's easy to just flip it on and flip things off, especially online stuff and and whatever else, but man, getting in and making this a part of who we are. Well, Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And I'm gonna just walk you right now through the Romans road. And if you need to, I ask that you would just continue to think on this, dwell on this, Speak this out, because it's going to have to be something that you do here in just a minute. But God demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ Christ died for us. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. From the very beginning, Adam and Eve didn't do the right thing. Sin entered into the picture. And what was the first thing that they both did? They pointed the finger at the other one. And that's what I see that sin has the tendency to do to all of us is it starts making us always wanting to point our finger at somebody else. It's because of that, or it's because of them, or it's because of something else that causes us to go that route. We still do it today. As soon as somebody brings something against you, a lot of times, most of us aren't like, oh, yep, you caught me. You caught me red-handed. No, we come up with an excuse. We come up with a reason. And the wages of sin, the thing that will cost us everything is sin. And we have to confess that. Because we are all sinners. There isn't any of us that hasn't sinned. Romans 8, 1, but there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Saints, amen to that? Amen to that. But if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says here, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will you bow your heads with me? I don't know if this is you or not, and it's between you and the Lord and his word that I just believe that challenges. Lord, right now, if there's anyone in this house, Lord God, that's come here today, and Lord God, they have not Really made you. Maybe they've been coming for some time, but they haven't fully made you the Lord of their life. They haven't committed their entire life to you. Lord, your word said that we just have to believe. We just have to believe in you. We have to confess with our mouth that we are sinners. I need a Savior. I need something greater than me because when I'm left to myself, I'm weak and I fall. And I fail. But Jesus, you said you would be there and you would mend that heart. You would mend that life. You'd begin to bring strength and power. And all they have to do is confess you. And then when they confess you, Lord, and we profess our faith in you, you said, we will be saved. Lord, I ask that they make that confession even right now. In Jesus' name, I pray and I ask it, Lord God that you will be Lord in their life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you've done that, it's a free gift. It seems way, it seems almost ridiculous how easy that can be. But I do wanna say this, if you've made that commitment, you're in for the work of your life because now you have to commit your life to him. And you now have to make him You have to put him on the throne in your life to follow him, to serve him, and it will take you the rest of your life to get it right. (laughs) But you know what? You got a whole church of people that will come around you, support you, love you, help nurture you. Oh, what a better place to be than in the family of God. Amen? Amen. All right. so. Now that I believe everybody in here, if you've made that confession or if you have done it before, we're all on the same page. And I feel, I feel a conviction when I read something like this, when I, when I hear Jesus saying these type of things that I have to ask myself the question, self, how are you doing with being salt? How are you doing with being light? Well, salt we have heard and we know, especially from a culinary uh, perspective of preserving, enhancing, you know, flavor and, and, and things like that. It's, it's part of a way of discussion when we get to talking about salt in Michigan. We might even talk about salt uh, helping us get rid of ice, different things. It has a bunch of components. Salt, back in the day, had all kinds of components, and it was a very valuable thing. At one point, it was used in trade as... Um, money type transactions, they use salt in it. But Matthew doesn't really give us a whole lot of description about the salt here. So as I was looking, as I was searching, I went to Luke, we have this scripture, this is going to be read out of the Amplified Bible, Luke 14, 34 and 35, it'll be on your screens, you just have to look at that. Therefore, salt is good, but if salt becomes tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? It is fit neither for the soil nor the manure pile. It's thrown away. He who has ears, or he who has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Now, that itself probably could be a whole half hour sermon. And I'm not going to do that to you, but I'm going to take parts of this. And looking at the scripture, it's not fit for the soil or the manure pile. As I was looking this and reading this and trying to understand it more and looking at different things, you know, Googling all over the place for me. Salt was used as a fertilizer. And I remember watching um, older shows and different things like that. And I remember some of the cowboy flicks. And how they, the, the farmers would go into town, and they would have to get salt for their animals. I'm not a farmer. I didn't understand all this. And to this day, they still take salt licks out for the animals, how important salt is. And if your sodium gets off, you can end up in the hospital because it's something that is in our system that we need to have, And and it's quite an interesting thing and it's very very deep when you start looking into all of this but and what it says here in verse 35 that is not fit for the soil that was used as a fertilizer or for the manure pile it was also used as a disinfectant they didn't have plumbing like we understand plumbing today right so they would go out to the, wherever they went and to get rid of the waste, the human waste. And then when they were done getting rid of it, they would throw salt on it as a disinfectant. Salt. And then as I read, this is what I want to take away from this with salt today. Salt promoted the growing of good things, but it also stopped the spread of the things that you don't want to grow. Let me say that again salt promoted the growing of good things but it also stopped the spread of things that you don't want to grow and and as I start looking at myself and I start looking at what I'm talking about here and trying to make this application to my life and I, I just had to look as I said when I get in this world if I start getting in this world and I start getting mixed up so much in the world I'm doing all these worldly things. I'm talking all these worldly things. I'm getting all I've got politics getting in my head, and I'm going to tell you about that here in just a minute. Or different things, all these things. I could get so off that I'm starting to allow the values and the priorities of other things to affect me. And then I notice that I begin to lose. The uniqueness as a Christian that I'm supposed to be, and the ability to make a difference in the kingdom of God. I don't know that there's too many water cooler discussions that happen these days. I don't. I don't know how many people are going in and talking around the water cooler, or how many are doing it on Zoom or or whatever else, but. Let's not get too mixed up in those type of things because, you know, I've, I remember in, in different times of my life getting caught up and starting to speak like everybody else because, you know, we heard these things were coming down from above, you know, the, the, the top executives were making decisions and it was flowing down and, and I was right in there concerned and worried and I finally had somebody said, I thought you were a Christian. Why are you worrying about this? Talk about humiliating You're right. I have a different source. I have a different hope here. I'm supposed to be salt in this situation. So the words you are, let me go a little hmm, place where I shouldn't go. In the Greek, these words you are are considered this. Now, when you hear this, you're going to say, oh, this is not Barry talking. He's reading this. Present, active, indicative. For anybody that understands Greek, forgive me, pardon me, but I'm going to read what that under the way I understand that to say this that the action that happens is in the present time and that the subject carries out the action and it is a true statement. How's that? What does that mean to you? It wasn't only active in Jesus' time. It's active today. It's active today, and we can still do this. We can still live this out, and we should still be living it out, for it's us. It's, it, say this with me, if you will. I am the salt of the earth. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Why? Because Jesus said you are. Put it to rest and say, that's the way I'm supposed to live. I'm supposed to be living that way. I'm not to be acting like everybody else or talking like everybody else. I have an oil lamp here. I thought it was going to be a little bigger than this. I have boy hands. I don't have man hands. I have boy hands and it still isn't that big. But I have hands that God gave me and I'm happy with them. But I was thinking about this. Jesus said, You're the light of the world. You're a light in this world. And I started thinking about all the artificial light that we have. They didn't have that. So when Jesus said, You are the light of the world, he was talking about what they understood. What they had and what they had were these little oil lamps, and this is how this is how they would they would look. This is how it would work. And he said they would put this in the house. And actually, I don't know if I have too much wick sticking out. I don't live by oil lamps. Do you? Can I can I get a little help? Can I see Mr. Fred Swartz out in the hallway. Could you help shut the back doors for me there in door five? And could somebody just shut this door in aisle two for me real quick? And I'm going to ask, I didn't talk to them, but I think Mr. Klug is already moving. Can we kill as many lights as we can for just a moment? Let's try to go as black as we can for just a moment. That little light. My question to you is today, was that light supposed to be like a spotlight? Was it, are you supposed to be like a million lumen light that is just shining out through all things? It's like, no, he says, be a light in your world. Be the light of the world that you're in. And if it got really black in here, and four or five of us began to gather around this, matter of fact, it wouldn't matter how far, I don't, you could be at the back of the room easily, and when there's there's darkness, light does what? Light just gets rid of darkness, doesn't it? And he's talked about in the scripture about putting a bowl over it. I didn't bring a bowl, because I think we all understand that idea. That's all right, guys, just leave it the way it is for just a moment. Why do you put a candle or a a lamp out and put a bowl over it? Now, why would you want to cover that? Burn my hand. No, the idea is I I was thinking about this as I was reading this and, and looking at this in my life, saying, when I sit around like a campfire, even if we were, multiple of us were standing around this really close, and this is the only lamp, our eyes would begin to adjust you know, to the light that we have, and then we would begin reflecting that light. Have you sat around a campfire, and you could see everybody's face, right? Maybe not clearly, maybe not as clearly as if the sun was out. But you could see that. And as soon as they stepped further away from the light, further they get away from the light, the less detail we're able to make out. But all Jesus asked us to do is be a light and reflect that light. We're this light that should be reflecting Jesus wherever we go. John 8 and John 9 says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But Matthew, he said, you are the light of the world. He's sharing that glory that he is through us. So I'm going to let that go. You can bring house lights back up. If we live for Christ and make no effort to affect the world around us, we're little value to God and his kingdom. See, we live in a society that does not recognize God as God. They don't recognize his Bible as the inspired word of God. More people would rather argue about it than read it and try to understand it. You have a faith. Oh, your faith is a crutch. You just use that to get you along. Faith is what we have in him. And that's how we're to operate is through faith. Jesus said, you are. Are you convinced of that? Are you convinced that that's what you are? And maybe through his word, you are convinced. Now, my second question is, are you living it like he said you are? See, we need to start applying the words that where he says, this is what I see you as. Yes, that's what he calls us to be. You're light. You're a salt of this earth. You're the light in this world. Darkness is all around us. Even though they continue to claim how enlightened they are. We need to be unashamed of who and what we are. We need to be unapologetic for what Jesus has called us to be. See, because you are, I am, that means we are the light in this world. Can you imagine if we all were this single thing and we all come together, what it does when the body of Christ comes together? What strengthening begins to happen when we get together We need this. They're going to put a photo up here, I think, on the back screen. And I just found it interesting because when he talked about this city on a hill, kind of hard to miss it, isn't it? The city on a hill. I don't know how close that was or how far away it was, but it looks pretty magnificent to me. How about you? Do you see yourself as magnificent in its own way? Be this light, be this light in this world, just like a city that's on a hill. And yes, this one's got a lot of lights on it. You can't help but have your eye drawn to it. And that's what we should be like. Let me read this. I I got to get going. Ephesians five, verses eight through sixteen. Now I'm I'm going to do this one out of the New Living Translation. Sorry if I'm messing you up today, but I just love the way it said it in this translation. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil or darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Salt and light affect its environment by being distinctive. They're very distinct in what they do. And if we are people of the light, it says our deeds should reflect our love for our Lord. Our actions should reflect our faith. And see, none of this is for us to get any glory. This is all to his glory. That's what we're supposed to be doing is reflecting his light. We are the light of the world. We're taking Jesus' light to wherever we go. It's not for us to get a pat on the back. It's for his name to be high and lifted up. Let your light shine. If I can encourage you. Thank you for that one person that clapped. I appreciate that. Don't stop. So... I'm going I'm to make a little bit of a confession here again. I'm calling myself out on this. And so my admonishment to you, so what? So we've talked about this for how long now? My question that I want you to ask, that I am asking as can I, will I, and do I? Get my mind on the things of the Lord first and do what I'm supposed to do in being salt and light in this world. I think probably a lot of you do that. I think you probably do it fairly well. But I also know that we live in an environment, we live in a culture that can beat us down really fast. And we can get really worn and we can get weak in this. And our light has got to continue to shine. And here's my personal testimony just this past week. Last Tuesday, I was part of the Tuesday morning prayer meeting. And if you can be there, let me just encourage you, we meet at 10.30. I know that's not always the most convenient time, but if you can, at 10.30 in the morning, we always go to the Lord in prayer. We have a group that meets. And uh, we go to the Lord and we just we, we pray about our nation. We pray about our globe. We do. We, we were praying the other day for the Afghans. And all that's going on there in Afghanistan and all the soldiers and all this. We pray for the world. We pray for our nation. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our church. We pray for the church of Jesus Christ. We get together and then we take time to even break up in groups and we pray for all the needs that come into the church, all the needs. This past week, we had so many needs. We took all the needs that we have in our own local body, all those that came in through our prayer wall. And we have some that come in through books that Uh, our grief share group is meeting and they write all the needs down of the grief share group and we take time and we pray for every single one of them individually in our groups. And Phyllis uh, Stogard was running the prayer meeting this past week and she says, well, I've got a list that I want us to be praying for. So she came in and she began to bring the list out and at that time on Tuesday, the hurricane was just, you know, it was it had made its way on land. And we had heard about our friends, Michael and Linda Green. And she was giving us a little bit of an update on Michael and Linda. And Linda is on a breathing treatment and there's no electricity. So how is she supposed to get this breathing treatment in her? And so we went to the Lord. We were praying. They had to leave their son behind, who's a firefighter in New Orleans. And so he's right in the middle of all that's going on and all the struggle. We're praying for all the first responders. And And all these other things. And then Afghanistan came up. And then different things. And I'm thinking about all the people with health issues. You heard some of them that I read this morning. And and then I asked, Barry, will you lead us in prayer? (laughs) My mind was good on the things to pray for. But the influence that had been put into my heart from that morning, before I got to prayer meeting... You can ask my wife. I was probably standing at the door of the bathroom as she's getting ready and I'm barking and barking and barking because of all the things that I was hearing and da-da-da-da-da and I'm getting all worked up and getting her worked up now. And I remembered that I'm in this world, but I'm not supposed to be a part of all of that. This is not my home Only our God's kingdom will last. That doesn't mean that I don't believe in the United States of America. That doesn't mean that I don't want to be patriotic. But you know what? America is not the kingdom that's going to last forever. There's only one kingdom that's going to last and that's his kingdom. Let's be a light for that kingdom. While we can, let us reflect the light of Jesus, the true light Let's get out. Let's not let a basket be over us to hide our light. Don't let your light be diminished. Don't let your light be hidden. You know what? We aren't secret agent Christians. You know, hiding and trying to look around. We should be as bold as anybody can be. Get up on the lampstand that you should be placed in and begin to reflect that light out shine that light out to those that are around you. Amen? Would you raise both your hands today? I'm going to say those same words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. And I just right now, Lord, I just want to pray for this group that, Lord God, you have called us to be salt and light in this world, Lord God, this world that continues to want to rail against it. And, Lord, there are issues but, Father, you've given us the grace and the peace to be what you've called us to be. And you said you would never leave us. You would never forsake us. You will guide us. You will lead us. You will direct us. So, Lord, as each and every one now tune out from being online or are in-house and they're going to go out from this place that Lord God they will be Lord God because you said we are you are the salt of the earth you are the light Lord help us to be that salt and light in this world let us not be timid let us not hold back let us be bold and what you've given us Lord I pray for a boldness to come over this body this local body go into this week, keep them, protect them. The Lord, direct them in the way that they speak the things that we take in. Lord, help us to take in more of you and your word than anything else. In Jesus' name, I pray. I ask that you bless each and every one. Amen. God bless you.